You made it. Checked out of office to check into the sweet views of this place where the kids aren't asking for the Wi-Fi. Mom, can we go to the pool? And when you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it. And now an update on what some analysts and reporters are calling the great resignation and the upside of it all. As many as 44% of workers are leaving their 9-to-5s behind and looking for life hacks to make up the difference in income as they pursue other jobs. And as that number grows, so have downloads of an app called Upside. It's a free app for cash back on gas, groceries, and at restaurants. Can an app like Upside really make a difference? You bet. With Upside, users can earn an average of $96 a year. And it works at all the big gas brands like Shell, BP, Valero, Philips 66, Circle K, etc. And at favorite local grocers and restaurants. Everyone's got to drive and eat, right? If you want to get in on this life hack, we have a promo code for you. Head to the App Store or Google Play and download Upside. Enter code HACK to get 25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first fill-up. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, to PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use code HACK. Hello, listeners. This is Jim the Keys Bartender coming to you from the Florida Keys. How are you today? How are you this Super Bowl weekend? Super Bowl Saturday. Is that such a thing? My wife, who's from Poland, she was wondering, you know, the bank was closed today. And I don't know if it's normally closed on Saturday. Her bank's normally closed on Saturday. But she was wondering. She's been here for about 30 years in the U.S. and she goes, she was wondering, is this a holiday weekend? It does seem like that, doesn't it? Our biggest national, it's one game. It's, you know, people say baseball is, a, is American pastime. Yeah, but it's a little drawn out because you have 160 games and then you have the long playoffs thing. But with football, we have the one deciding game coming up tomorrow. Cincinnati and L.A. Rams, much like any place in the United States, we celebrate it pretty much the same way, except for maybe something different in this, the things we serve. And there is a big, I guess we call it disparity in the price of chicken wings in the last two years, just the last very, the last two years. Your wing, wings prices have shot up over 100%. And... So it, it's reflected, or it becomes a news story. It becomes something in the Wall Street Journal. Chicken wing prices. You can see a foreigner going, why are Americans complaining? The one thing they're complaining about is chicken wing prices. And thinking that's the least uh, appealing part of the chicken. You, know, you got the breast, you got the legs. You got the thighs. But there's chicken wings. And it kind of boils down to a thing with the way people view what's wrong with the world today. The things the things they really love, like chicken wings. Being able to walk around without a mask, being able to go places, fly, travel. I'm, how do I go chicken wings? Because wings, I guess you're taking wings, right? But do things. Go to school in person. 
go to a play? How about all the all the things, all the things you could have done two years ago that you really can't do today? But Super Bowl week weekend, we have a chance for a return to normalcy. Have our Super Bowl parties. Most states are lifting their mask mandates and things like that. And here in Key Largo, like I said, we celebrate it mostly the same way. There's a couple sports bars. Most of the other restaurants in town, they really see kind of a... I guess there's a one-two punch this year with Super Bowl because the next day, tomorrow is Super Bowl Sunday... Monday is Valentine's Day. And depending on how couples behave on Super Bowl Sunday, you'll have an expectation of what they want on Valentine's Day. There could be people that have to rearrange their plans. On Well, not rearrange, I guess cancel their plans. Because of the things that happen on Super Bowl Sunday. You know what I mean. And for our foreign listeners, Super Bowl Sunday is referring to the National Football League's championship game. Back you know, over 50 years ago, the uh, powers of B decided to change the game to the NFL championship to the Super Bowl. To kind of enlarge it. And it becomes a spectacle. People, it, it's it's a huge day here in the United States. People have house parties. Some of the, I guess this weekend is probably up until today. You'll see people shopping for big screen televisions. And tonight they'll be spending time mounting them. And programming them and getting them ready for the big game tomorrow. And it kind of aligns perfectly with people's waiting for their tax returns. Also, for foreign listeners, uh, that's when people start getting their refunds, or some of the early ones start getting their refunds back, or planning how they're going to spend their tax refunds. And a tax refund is the amount of overpay you make for people that overpay their taxes and don't pay at the end of the year. So, yeah, Super Bowl weekend is here, and there's a lot of, not a lot of, it's not one of those big events where there's a lot of soul-searching and things like that. Matter of fact, it's almost the opposite. It's almost the opposite. They're more worried about food, drink, and another thing called the block pool. They may have block pools. I don't think you have block pools in uh, you could have it in cricket but soccer you really couldn't have a block pool you have to have a frequency of numbers for your score ending up between uh, zero and nine the last digits and rarely in soccer do you go above four or five goals so a block pool would be virtually unheard of for their football, but American style football, it's no problem. In a block pool, you you have a grid of uh, ten boxes across, ten down, leaving a hundred squares intersecting, 
and people write their names in each of the squares before numbers are put up. But there's 10, 10 boxes up, 10 boxes down, and then all the corresponding ones under, leaving 100 total boxes. So you, let's say it's a $10 block pool, and this is only for the uh, foreign listeners. I know most of you people understand it that are born here. So you, you put $10 on a square. The total they'll yield for the whole block pool would be $1,000. And they, the scoring is broken down into quarters. There's four quarters in football. So the end of the first quarter, if the score is, let's say, 3-6, depending on the team is, they'll go across the grid system. They'll go down to number three because they signed the numbers right before the game. They signed the numbers right before the game. And the uh, whoever has three and six... The box that falls on three or six wins that quarter. And if it's broken up evening, they win $250. So you have block pools that go up to $1,000. Where people have are winning $20,000, $25,000 a quarter. And if those last two, if the game, if the game remain, remains scoreless for a couple quarters or static, somebody can really rake in the money. But that's all I'm talking about for... Super Bowl Sunday. We're in the height of our busy season. So Super Bowl Sunday, Valentine's Day, it's all the same for us. It's busy, busy, busy. Busy here. And I'm going to tell a story that was related to me. Okay? So a person working in the service industry related this to me, a bartender. During a recent particularly busy day, an early evening right during happy hour a bartender is rushing around attempting to service the guest and a particular regular and I don't want to really skew the thing because I'm trying to be objective is attempting to gain attention of the bartender while the bartender is trying to take care of everyone and they're they're the, the bartender related to me that the person had a particularly high-pitched voice and is yelling their name while the bartender has fully occupied both hands, pouring a beer with a drink in the other. You're very difficult to do, but it's a maneuver off a, off a draft system. And the person says, come on, I'm going to get a drink. And the person, the bartender, contorts themselves, explain with their right foot, puts the bottom of the right foot, points it up from behind, you know, looking over his shoulder, back over their uh, shoulder with the foot up, and says to the regular, my hands are full, put your drink on my foot. Trying to illustrate that they're very busy and they will get to them and they're going to have to be a little more patient. Well, the regular, not liking the imputation, says, pretty perfunctory, okay, get my check. So the bartender, not liking you know, es- the escalation of it, goes fine. And the, the bartender goes, gets the check. There's only one drink on it. Takes money out of their own pocket. Pays for it. And tells them, you're done right now. You're, you're settled. I got it. And the uh, 
the regular said, starts yelling, goes ballistic. And the people around them are noticing this. And the bartender responds to Alexis, you know, you got to stop this right now. You're out of here. Okay. And the person's still upset. And she uh, continues to talk to management and things like that. Now, the backstory I get on this regular is that they're, they're very needy. They always expect a chair. Causes, uh, always ex uh, expects a chair, has their own cup, needs it filled uh, once. Uh, even though the bar is busy and there's a million things to do, as soon as they sit down, they need to have the bar wiped. They ask to get the bar wiped down. No matter how busy it is. And then the, the bartender has, in the past, driven this person home several times because they have had, uh, currently don't drive due to a disagreement with the county over a driving under the influence situation. So all this comes home, and the, the next day, the bartender tells me, the regular doesn't show up, which is perfectly fine. And I'm sure there's people out there that think if they don't show up, if they're not there, that business will be woefully hurt without their solicitation. And I, uh, or patronization, let's say being, patronizing the business, the, the bar will quickly fail. Well, that's not necessarily true. And a lot of times, the people that do get upset a lot are the people that cause issues and the environment. They get in disagreements with people. They yell at people. They complain about it being too cold or this, that. Why aren't your hours regularly? You know, they're just... They, the squeaky wheel does get oil, but it also gets disgruntled opinions from the people that have to let's say pay you know have to take care of them have to service them so the person doesn't come around a day and they show up and the management goes up to the bartender and says listen why don't you go over and give that person a hug and the bartender says that is an absolute no the regular does not have an expect does not deserve an expectation of a of apology or a hug, and it would be a wrong act to show other people that you're doing it. That they could be that they could come back in after yelling at a worker is, you know, enough. And the bartender did not expect an apology from the regular. They certainly weren't going to get it from the bartender. That's from very uh, close source. It's the closest source you have. So, whether you think you should get an apology or not when you're acting, acting out and you choose to remove yourself from a business, we've had several people do that at the place I work. And we are not the worst for wear. The business is going just fine. It's busier than ever. And trust me, just like a football player, like a ten, an Antonio Brown, who was he playing for? The, 
Tampa Bay, and he just walked off. He walked off the field in the middle of a game saying goodbye, thinking that the team would be lost without him. And it eventually did lose, but it, it, whether, whether the Tampa Bay lost because he wasn't there or not is, is an, a knowable answer. But a lot of times there is always someone ready to take your place. And at a crowded happy hour bar, that is not an issue. There's some people that are taken away from us too early. There's other people that take themselves out. Either way, the business goes on. As well, it would go on without that said bartender. And if the said bartender, if, if finally this, I'm, I imagine if the the management says, "Listen, we're gonna, you're gonna have to apologize, or we're, you're, you're done." The bartender has a choice then. They can just say, "Oh, okay," and it's all oh, great. You're gonna No, the bartender most likely will say, "I think it's time for me to move on," and that's you know that's. Probably shooting your foot off despite your face or whatever you want to say it. Like you're just hurting yourself one way or another. Or other times it's just a sign of the times you just can't take it anymore. It's hard. It's hard for the... I understand it's hard for regulars and the patrons. It's hard for the people that work in the service industry. Particularly difficult in a lot of different industries. I can think of one in particularly... Air travel. The flight attendants have been through a lot. Tons of it. Granted, 99.9% of the people that travel are fine. Are fine. I've traveled, had made several flights with very few people making an issue out of any of the restrictions. But there's so many flights out there that we have thousands of upon thousands of disgruntled flyers that are causing problems for those people. And it causes tension. It makes a job that was normally very good. A flight attendant was a great job for great perks for traveling and benefits, especially for long-haul flight attendants. They do great. But adding that extra tension, having people that could propose violence, that is a buzzkill. And on a lesser extent, because you're not in the air at a restaurant, you can just say, hey, listen, you know, it's it's not one of those things. A restaurant isn't a mandatory thing that has to provide, it has to provide everyone with the opportunity to eat and to have a drink. Yes, and it should be, you know, with some restrictions, it could be like shoes, shirts, uh, pants, you know, things like that. And every normal thing, this is what you have to do in normal behavior, like not yelling, not being overly covered with filth and things like that. You may want to, certain, certain restrictions, but you should be open to serve anybody. But when people become disruptive, disruptive. Has a t- businesses have a tendency to get rid of that disruption. You want as little disruption as possible, especially when you're you're busy. When you're not busy, I mean, and even when you're not busy, when you're not busy, you notice someone's being disruptive, and you go, "Wow, this could be hindering us from being busier." And when you're busy, 
and you say, this may make us less busy. And you just have to, you know, you have to gauge it, especially with a family restaurant. The place I work used to be called the Paradise Pub. And the Paradise Pub years ago used to have pool tables. And people come in all the time asking, where are the pool tables? I miss the pool tables. I came here and get a pitcher of beer and play pool and all that. And I said, well, you see where the pool tables were? And they go, yeah, there's other rooms. See where there's people are sitting and eating? Yes. Well, they're sitting and eating. In the course of a night, maybe you playing eight games of pool, we get two sets of people, and that could be upwards of 16 people. And we yield maybe eight to ten times amount of profit from that area than we did with the pool tables. So what do you think? We got rid of the pool tables even though someone loved the pool tables. Meaning we are a profit-driven operation and we're trying to be profitable. And we'll do whatever we can to be profitable. And part of that is Ruby getting rid of disruptions and any unpleasant behavior. And whether the said bartender should go and apologize or the patron should go and apologize, it just goes to show you that it's a rough year and everyone thinks they're aggrieved. They're an aggrieved party. Moving on to a lighter discussion. This one is personal. And it's funny. I come into my place of work and... We do the normal turning over of the bar. Meaning, the owner was bartending. I don't think she was. Her name is Paige. And the there's a soap dispenser behind the bar. And it's a black plastic uh, one where you push. If you push the top, it dispenses You know, one serving of soap. So you can wash your hand in the sink right next to it. Well, there's a special bag of soap with a nozzle that goes in there when it's empty. And she had the bag and she goes, Jim, I've been going for 20 minutes trying to change this. Now I'm going to turn this over to you and you could try it. So, it's happy hour when I get there. It's a couple minutes into it. So, I spend the next 20 minutes messing around with it, touching it, doing all these things. You know, it looks like I'm molesting it. And someone says, you want me to do that? And I said, I know how you're going to do it. You're going to break it. And that's the way I used to do it. Because it's a solid piece of plastic and it seems like one of those things from Indiana Jones where you had to hit a hit and release someplace. and you Or you had to push it in, pull it out, do something like that. And I'm checking everything and I'm thinking in my head, I am not going to break it. And everyone's watching me do it and I look very, very incompetent. Incompetent. Better to be incompetent than to be incontinent. I always say that. Now it's a draw of the thing because I was being incompetent. I cannot open the soap dispenser. And I'm waiting for the owner to come in and I figure she put it up there and she probably knows. I don't know. I'm looking. I'm taking a Google picture and there's people saying you can't take a picture of it and show someone. I said, listen, Google has a function. If you take a picture of something, it searches the web and identifies the brand and the maker and maybe I can download you know, get a hold of a owner's manual for it and it would tell me where it is. So, 20 minutes I'm doing it. 
I'm looking more and more like, and people are saying, boy, he is not going to get this. And one of, I go to a trusted resource at work, one of our servers, Katie, who is supremely qualified to do things. He's just one of those girls, uh, mom, who, who knows how to get things done. And I go to, I go to her and say, Katie, I don't care if you embarrass me and it's humiliating, but do you know how to open that soap dispenser? And before I even finish, do you know how to open that soap dispenser? She reaches under and there's a button all the way in the back, hits the button and the front comes down. Now everyone sees it at the same time and they laugh. And they're laughing really hard. And they said, you got red. And I said, I don't know if I got red because I said in the comment, I don't care if it's humiliating. Now, I was, I was, uh, I, I opened that and people say, you did say you don't care if you're humiliating. And I said, I was, I said, I did not expect her to get it open that quickly. And I leaned over and said, very good. Thank you very much. And she goes, you don't mind it. Oh, I said, well, you know, if you little forethought, you may have spent like a couple minutes, just spent two minutes pretending you didn't know what you were doing and then hit it. But that one second where you just hit it and opened it, that was particularly humiliating. But you know what? I got it done and I picked the right person. And no matter what everyone was saying, I was going, hey. And it's a funny story. You know? They're just watching that the whole time. It's like whenever anybody comes up with a jar, it's something that can't be opened. And I'm the only guy there. And they said, Jim, can you open this? I said, holy shit. Why do I have to be the next person when everyone's watching? So a lot of times I get it. I've broken tops of jars and things like that because I've tried so hard because I didn't want to be humiliated. And doing it and then having someone come up, a woman come up behind you and just smack the edge of the jar on the corner of the bar and open it up. That hasn't happened. In a while. <laughs> but they're they're perfectly timed things and I do I do appreciate those when they happen, even when it happens to me. Because that's the best way to laugh at and everyone was having a good time. So you might notice that all these things might be tied together. And the title of the episode is called Just Us, like Just Between Us or some, but justice, justice. Because there are things out there that should be, you, everyone has an innate feeling of right and wrong, what should be and shouldn't be. Someone comes in, on Thursday, it turned out that we couldn't get a hold of oysters because our supplier didn't have any oysters to sell. The Key Largo Fisheries had no oysters to sell. They, we do not get oysters from down here. Oysters have to be shipped from other sources, like northern Florida, uh, you know, Texas, places like that. But if they don't have them, we don't have them. And we have an expectation when we don't have them on Thursday, oh, we'll definitely get them on a Friday. It turned out they didn't have them on Friday either. And there were people that came in and they had been on Thursday when we didn't have them. And they said, oh, well, 
I'll have the oysters on so we don't have them again. And they go, you told, told me you'll have them tomorrow. And I said, listen, that was my expectation also. I didn't say we'll have them tomorrow. I said we should have them tomorrow. Because there's no guarantee that someone won't come in and buy 10 dozen or 12 dozen oysters. And that does happen sometimes. People just come in and eat the crap out of the oysters. But they have an expectation and of what right on and what right is that we should have oysters. And it just doesn't happen. And it plays out with justice. It's a limited resource justice. I had a friend who had an inconvenience happen to him with the Monroe County Sheriff's Department. Whether they were right or wrong, what the case that they had against them lasted over a year and then they dropped it. And my friend lost money, time, was inconvenienced, had to move to an area that they would be able to, uh, they lost their license for a year. They'd have to be able to go to their uh, work using uh, a bike and they do, they work in the entertainment industry so they have to uh, bring equipment with them and that's inconvenient. That is a major league inconvenience for someone like that. And when that's, when it, the case is dropped, you think, wow, that really caused a disruption in my life. And in all, you know, if the the scales of justice work correctly, then the people that were responsible for inconveniencing and doing this thing to my friend would have to pay or compensate the person that was inconvenienced. Well, that's not always the case. That is not always the way it is. I've had uh, a, my problems with uh, a major bank when I was setting up a merchant account who was getting me credit card processing and said, this is exactly what you need and you don't have to worry about, you're not obligated for this amount of you know time and all this stuff, you could just send it back in if when you don't need it. And it turned out all that was wrong. I was committed for four years. I was committed for four years for, it wasn't a major purchase, but it was inconvenience. And over time, it, it worked out to be thousands of dollars. And I kept on trying to turn back the equipment because it turned out it was not the type of equipment I needed. And, and it was very cumbersome. You don't need it with the technology that you have today. I had an expectation of compensation and justice. And I thought they would, if when I had it come to fruition, when there was a case, when there was, um, they were seeking a settlement. The company was trying to seek a settlement and I was trying to seek it also, uh, seeking not to. And they wanted full payment and they ended up getting full payment. Eventually, over time, I, I didn't want to pay him at all. But um, there's a there's a lot you can do, and there's a lot you can do, can't do. Meaning, you could seek remuneration for uh, supposed wrongs. It doesn't mean you're going to get it. Sometimes you have to forego an expectation 
of things becoming right and just moving on. And just moving on, just like the bartender and the regular. Maybe both of them just have to move on and just say, hey, listen, um, that was an unfortunate incident. Let's let's move on beyond that. And, um, you know, they can get something like that maybe. It, it's It's unusual for people to get justice today. It's unusual for people to get an acknowledgement that something occurred because of how litigious our society is. Litigious, I guess. That an admission of apology or guilt on grander scales, like on corporate or government ways, is is something that would expose them to more liability. So we have also, even though we talk about a, a good amount about justice, we don't really apply it in our daily lives or in our corporate lives or corporate dealings or business dealings. That's why there's so many lawyers out there. If it was just a contract, and we've had, I've seen people come to blows over uh, lawn care disagreements where someone engaged a removal service and they did not do their their said job or a contractor to do maybe tile work or carpet work or roofing and they just dragged their feet. You know, in a, in a real world, a handshake is a handshake or uh, I, I know of some, and I know this directly, that a local business, not one I'm associated with, I can say that certainly, uh, received funds from a friend and it was a large amount of money and after it was it was thought that it was a dealing among friends and it would be taken care of and when a proper amount of the time passed the person that had taken you know handed over the money and helped out the person they re- received no acknowledgement that there was any forthcoming uh, capitulate, you know, uh, a repayment. There was no forthcoming payment. And that's seen all throughout the world. So justice and it, it's justice is a rarity. And when it happens is a good thing. Um, we should seek it. We should always try to seek it. We should always try to be honest and fair in our dealings. I mean, if you have to go, if you have to, in order to be successful, if you do have to abide, you know, have to treat people unfairly, then maybe you should think about having another business or is it worth it? Is it worth it? I don't know. But it's, it's, people get, very pessimistic over these things, but it's no reason to think there's such, there's no justice in the world because there is justice. You hear these things and say, listen, there's karma, there's this, there's that. There's lots of things. There's lots of things people have to consider when they have to lay their head down at night. For someone who is not troubled by incongruities and honesty, 
and fairness and things like that, they may sleep easily at night. They may sleep easily at night. And they may have companionship, they may have friends, they may have money, they may have wealth. They might. But I'll wager over there's a corruption in their whole system that sometimes the the most powerful and corrupt people in the world had the most to worry about. Otherwise, why would they have security? Why would they have why would they spend so much on security? A truly honest person who is not involved in let's say unlawful uh, dealings and things like that they don't have to worry about that I mean obviously if you're in a country that's unsafe you have to worry about a lot of other things but I'm talking about here let's say so having this discussion that what could be right moral and just it, it's it's a discussion that you hope some people heed some people won't so we're always going to have to deal with things that don't get taken care of and there's so many things that don't get fixed so many wrongs but it doesn't mean the world is broken it's just the way it is it's a messy world out there but there's a lot of good things that going going on around it too Well, this is Jim the Keys Bartender. I am finishing up this episode for today. I'd like to thank you uh, for listening. And I hope you have a good Super Bowl Sunday for my listeners that observe Super Bowl Sunday. Observe it. I mean, that's a real thing. When you say observe, when you talk about holiday, observing Easter, observing Christmas, observing the the Annunciation, whatever. Um. That actually works with Super Bowl Sunday because observing you'd be observing it on television or in person if you're one of the lucky 100,000 people that attend. And uh, I'm going to go on a limb. I'll probably, I've been wrong before, but I'm going to say, I'm going to make a call right now, even though I, I like I like both teams because they weren't expected to, to be there. But I'm going to say it's going to be the LA Rams uh, 30 to 20 final score and uh, so you got it 30 to 20 this is Jim the uh, Keys bartender and I'll be back to you probably on Monday bye play play music I'm sorry I'm late. Traffic is terrible. It sure is. But on top of that, gas prices have been skyrocketing. I can't believe how expensive gas has gotten recently. Prices at the pump are up, but I never pay full price for gas anymore. I just use the free Upside app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get paid cash when you buy gas with the Upside app? Yes, I get real cash back every time I buy gas. And does that actually add up to anything? I've made around $200. Wow, that's serious extra 
extra cash. I'm downloading the free Upside app now. Download the free Upside app to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code SIMPLE for an extra 25 cents per gallon cash back on your first fill-up. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, to PayPal, or any gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code SIMPLE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code SIMPLE for 25 cents per gallon cash back on your first fill-up. And now an update on what some analysts and reporters are calling the Great Resignation and the upside of it all. As many as 44% of workers are leaving their 9-to-5s behind and looking for life hacks to make up the difference in income as they pursue other jobs. And as that number grows, so have downloads of an app called Upside. It's a free app for cash back on gas, groceries, and at restaurants. Can an app like Upside really make a difference? You bet. With Upside, users can earn an average of $96 a year. And it works at all the big gas brands like Shell, BP, Valero, Phillips 66, Circle K, etc. And at favorite local grocers and restaurants. Everyone's got to drive and eat, right? If you want to get in on this life hack, we have a promo code for you. Head to the App Store or Google Play and download Upside. Enter code HACK to get 25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first fill-up. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account to PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use code HACK.